0: Welcome back to episode two of the Quantum Podcast with myself, Ethan Morland. I'm the host and I am to speak to high performers from all walks of life about the highs and the whys behind what they do. So on today's episode, I have professional skateboarder and model Ben Norberg on the podcast. Ben is a professional skateboarder for Sovereign and has been skating for over 10 years um, and recently went pro for the company Sovereign. We had a really interesting conversation about the problems he's faced in skateboarding, his injuries, um, his modelling career, how skateboarding is obviously up and coming with its recent appearance in the Olympics, um, how skateboarding has been overlooked in the past as one of the top sports in the world. We also talk about his want to compete in the future, having competed a few times uh, at Street League and other events. And yeah, we just had a general overall chat about skateboarding and just everything surrounding it. It was a great conversation. And Ben, thank you for coming on the podcast. I hope you all enjoy this episode. It's a great one. So please leave a like, subscribe, all that shit that people ask you to do on YouTube or wherever you're listening. Thank you. Welcome to the podcast, mate. How are you doing?
1: Very well. Thanks for having me.
0: Um, So do you want to tell people a bit about yourself, what you do, that kind of thing?
1: Yes. Well, professional model, I don't know about that. (laughs) I've done a, I've done some stuff, uh, yeah. I'm a professional skater. I grew up in Bath, England, and um, moved to California about ten years ago. I've been out here, yeah. I've been here for about ten years. Uh, I live with my fiance uh, in Koreatown in Los Angeles, and uh, that's about it, really.
0: Nice. So, I want to start from the very beginning with you. Um, hmm so you would have started you started skating at what age
1: 11 11,
0: 11 years old so that something would
1: like been, that i i actually don't need 10 11 something like that
0: so you're you're 31 32 now so about 20 years
1: Three, three, three 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 oh, so yeah
0: 20 odd years so you've been skating yeah. for over two-thirds of your life which is crazy so talk to me ha- about how you got into skateboarding and who sort of Pushed you towards that as a sport rather than in England, where it's hmm. typical to play football, rugby, that kind of thing.
1: I was uh, I was really into cricket. I was good at cricket. Played for like uh, I think I played for the county. Okay. I was a good bowler. I was a good, I was a good bowler, off spin. Not
0: nice. a good, good
1: batsman actually as well. My my headmaster was uh, was fuming when I when I quit because I I just got bored of it. I was never. The team sports was never something that interested me. Rugby, I got battered because I was tiny when I was a kid. I was about five foot five foot one, and just I was just got annihilated. It's, it's actually crazy how schools in England make you pay rugby. Like it's oh. mandatory, and you get battered. It's carnage it's, out there. I hate. I don't know it. if it's still like that now. I'm pretty sure you they can't do it like they used to do it because. I don't know if you did it, but man, it was just horrible.
0: So for me, I'm 23 and we oh yeah were forced. So we were forced into it and it was always the, the coldest months. So like November, December, oh, when it's yeah, frosty, uh, you can't feel your hands or anything. And they're just like, yep, go uh, out, beat the shit out of each other for an hour. And it was the worst thing an in the excuse world. excuse
1: for kids to like smash into each other. But the thing is I was so small. I would get the ball and just lob it away or kick it straight away because I, I, otherwise I will just get crushed. But I think skating, I started when I was about 11 or 12. A bunch of my mates were doing it. And then we were just, just pinging about, you know, the neighbourhoods. We are near our school, near our junior. Was it junior school, senior school? I think senior school. Was that senior school? Beach and I- Cliff was the name of it yeah so I was we were just skate around like where where our mates um lived and stuff and at slowly but surely a lot of them started to to not be that into it but for some reason I just kept being into it and then I sneak I started to like sneak off down the um <laughs> down to the skate park and I started to meet people down there and I was kind of I do not think of some of my mates even knew I used to go to the skate park, It was quite quiet about it. And again, I was tiny, so I was quite intimidated by a lot of things, but I just kind of went down there, and, and then everyone was really nice. And it just kind of went from there. And then most of the mates I started with quit. One of them booted a, kicked a log and broke his foot, and that was the end of that. So it was just little things like that, or they just got into something else, or, you know, whatever, they started drinking, and
0: yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's a, it's definitely an interest. That, like like we said just before, for you as a kid, who did you look up to when you were skating? Who was the sort of style that you wanted to emulate? Because your style is very very unique, I must say.
1: Mm. Um, I don't. Well, the first videos I watched was like the flip videos. Flip, sorry. Um, a couple of videos like that, which is funny because that, that was the company I ended up getting sponsored by and a lot of those guys were, were heroes to me growing up like um, like Arto, Jeff Mark Appleyard, those guys. And then you know 10 years later I was at their house <laughs> sleeping in their guest room. So that was really cool. That was a big like full circle thing. Uh so- definitely I wouldn't say there was one particular style who complete there was just I would just little things that I would pick up on that I really liked. Uh, Stefan Stefan Janowski used to do this thing where he would... Because it was always cold in England, so I'd always be wearing hoodies. Actually, for a long time, I could only skate with my hoodie up. It was this weird thing I had where I like, only felt comfortable if I had a hoodie up. And I think it started because it was just cold. But then it kind of became my thing. like I would always have a hoodie on. I think it was my way of hiding. So, like It's like some kind of safety blanket. You know what I mean? Like If it's not on my head while I'm skating, I feel like too exposed or something yeah um i eventually got out of that but that was my thing for a long time but a thing he stefan used to do was put his sleeves over his hands and he did it just look kind of cool to me for some weird reason so i used to do that a lot but there wasn't a particular style there was a few guys who definitely influenced me but uh, I, I can't think of one like specific person it was just a bunch of different dudes
0: it's one of those, style in skateboarding is massive, I think, because it yeah. really, it makes, a per, especially now with the day of Instagram, it makes a person sort of, you know, more influential, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So, like, for you, you have this style where it looks, everything looks effortless. It doesn't matter what mm-hmm. it is. It looks like your arms don't seem to move too much. When you right. land on the board after you've finished a trick, it's very sort of nonchalant Mm. and you don't see that much you tend to see a lot of people there's a lot of twisting a lot of arm flailing and yeah you just seem so relaxed on a board and it it's really it's i remember as a kid there was three of us who used to skate and we used to watch your videos and be like how the fuck does this guy do this what's going
1: on (laughs) I, i don't i don't i have no idea why i do that or where that came from i think it was just completely natural because a lot of people used to say oh you're faking it like you're bullshitting like you're doing that on purpose that's that's fake stuff it was literally i didn't try to do that at all and then i think when people actually try to like imitate they're like oh shit you can't really imitate because unless but i wasn't i was trying really hard every trick <laughs> you know yeah but for some yeah. reason my arms just don't move that much but i i'm not like oh that's dope i just that's just how i skate
0: yeah, so then obviously you got you got into skateboarding with a few mates and that kind of thing. But I feel like at that time, it would have been very – people would have looked at you funny for
1: doing it. Um, yeah, so what were, you, like, it, it what were your amazing, parents like now. with you? Oh, they were all good. They, they never had a problem with doing it. My, they just let me do my own thing, honestly. I was out fucking all day, every day. I was off to Europe when I was like 15, 16 on my own or you know, with, with other people. I don't even think they've seen me skate. That's really bad. <laughs> my dad lives five seconds away from the skate park and he's barely watched me skate. He was walk home from work past the skate park. He wouldn't even stop to like watch me He'd just go <laughs> home. <laughs> it's like bollocks to this, going home for a glass of wine. But yeah, my mum's never ever seen me skate. That's terrible. That's wild. Never word, I know. It, it's. I
0: guess it's one of those. It was. have it so been one of those like things. Out here,
1: because that was Go the on. biggest shock to me coming out to America was seeing how involved parents are. It's kind of like, whoa, dude, like it's too much. So some of the parents are, are fine. I get it. You know, they're trying to make sure their kids have the best possible. Uh, but some are from way over the top. Yeah. Chucking. Their, that was Go the on. biggest shock to me coming out to America was seeing how involved parents are. It's kind of like, whoa, dude, like it's too much. So some of the parents are, are fine. I get it. You know, they're trying to make sure their kids have the best possible. Uh, but some of them are way over the top. Kids down big rails and, you know, pressuring them into doing stuff they probably shouldn't be doing. It's, um, it's
0: definitely interesting because the likes of, you hear the stories about Nigel Houston and his dad. The way mm-hmm. his dad used to push him to do everything. And that to me is really insane. Because in the UK,
1: I don't don't know, I can't comment on that.
0: Yeah, it's obviously it's just what you read, but (laughs) it's in the UK, it's very different with if it's football, if it's rugby, if it's, you know, even if it's boxing, it's a sport where parents go and they push the kids to do it. They push them into it Mm -hmm. and then they sort of drive them to keep going, whereas skateboarding is very much self-driven you buy yeah. you buy your own boards with your own pocket money. You know it's not parents buying you football boots. It's mm-hmm. always you do it for you. And it was that's what I always found interesting about it. About it is it can be very isolating in one aspect, but then yeah. you've also got this community of people that you meet through it, who are amazing people, where yeah. it feels like a big family.
1: Yeah, it, it, you develop excellent social skills, I think, because you're constantly around other people. But you're completely alone as well. It's, it's a weird combination. You're, it's completely dependent on you. There's no team or coach to make sure, like, all right, got to go to practice. You know, practice is now. Until now, this is what you're going to do. These are the drills, Where like you'd have in another sport. Skateboarding, you're just completely, you kind of just go with, you, you don't ever go to the skate park with a plan. You think, um, sometimes you might go with a specific plan, like, oh, I'm going to practice this trick when you're growing up as a kid you don't ever go oh i've got to do this got to... you kind of just fuck around and as you skate more you get more into it and then you start to learn more tricks and then you can kind of piece them together but yeah it's weird because they're completely independent but also very social at the same time
0: yeah it's it's definitely a very i found it to be very very social <laughs> to some of the people yeah. i met and that kind of thing but for you you say obviously you started at 10 or 11. At what age did you think, shit, I can make, a, so, not a career, but you can make this work? Because it's so different to now where- I still don't,
1: I still don't think that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like kids now can start an Instagram page, get good yeah. at skating, post the tricks, and it's that, how influential they are is what brings in sponsors. But when you were a kid, that wasn't, it wasn't even a thing. You, how on earth oh. did you go about getting like flipped to sponsor you, for example?
1: Well, yeah, we. I mean, we had had VHS. I would put my footage on a a videotape, sent that off to a company and then like, you know, you get a response a couple of weeks later. And I I got, I I remember I started getting boards from this one company. I'd get one or two boards a month. And then I think I got on, I think they sent my video off to Vans. So I started getting Vans flow that was kind of the the catalyst to start going to a lot of events vans uk this guy nick powley he was the reason i started going to all the events because he they would pay for my train tickets and stuff like that and they kind of brought me into their little group which at the time was kind of in england that was like that was the one to be on because they were doing the most shit Vans back then used to do a lot of cool stuff a lot of really fun events Good tours, some really really funny trips, like outrageously good banner.
0: Talk to me what it was about, what it was like to be on those trips at so like at such a young age. How was that for you?
1: It's good. That that's the, I think that's one of the coolest things about skiing is it doesn't age doesn't um, factor into it really. You could you have like a thirty nine year old man around like a fifteen year old kid and it's not weird. It's like completely like, I don't know what you you wouldn't see that in many other scenarios, but they can they take care of you, they make sure you're right. They they're almost like, but like older brother fig, they become like older brothers to you or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And they they always make sure you're fine. And skateboarders are ninety nine point nine percent always awesome. You know, there's always there's always a couple of knobheads, but for the, yeah, for the most part, everyone's great.
0: It's a given with everything, but. So what was your first big trip away with vans? Where did where was the first place you went to? Uh,
1: I don't, we didn't go out of the country. We went on this tour. I think it started. So they, they got like a school bus and put, you know, covered it in van stickers. And that was the tour bus. It was like an old school bus. You remember those, those ones with the pole with the bell on it, with yeah. the really uncomfortable seats. So we're driving around the country in that. I think it went from, I think it started in Leeds, and ended up in Cornwall. So it was a good, good drive, and we would hit, you know, uh, excuse me, skate parks on the way, and ended up in Cornwall. But that, that was a really good laugh. That was brilliant, and the tour video from that was really funny. And you know, the bus broke down a bunch of times. We get stuck on the side of the motorway. Ended up in someone's farm.
0: It, the the, the <laughs> like these sort of trips that skate teams do always end with wild stuff, wild, wild stories. A lot of them maybe to do with, you know, drinking, going out partying, but it always tends to be they get in these really weird situations that no one else would ever get in and yeah, yeah. create these memories that last forever.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It's great. So
0: then at what age was it that you were, you became sponsored by flip?
1: Uh, I think it was about 19, yeah, not 19 or 20. I got a call fucking out of nowhere. I got this weird number pop up on my phone. You know, it was plus one, which is the American code. I was like, what the fuck's that? And it was, uh, it was Jeremy from Flip. And I was like, eh? And I just wasn't. I was a bit, you know, taken back. And, uh, yeah, next thing I know, I was I was um, no, yeah. He so you said, you want to, you know, get some boards and basically do you want to be on the team? But not, I wasn't fully on straight away. It was kind of flow. Uh, companies, when, unless you're like top boy, you know, in in your country, they'll never just put you on the team. They yeah. need to, you need to go to the country, go to America, see how you do out there first, then you'll become AM. Um, just just so for then, those
0: who don't know, could you just explain the difference between flow, AM and pro? Hmm.
1: So, flow—you're just getting boards, nothing crazy. You might go on a, a trip or two, and you're like on the team, like you're on the website, you're in ads, and then AM is the next step towards pro. Usually, when you're AM, you'll then go pro in a few years, but as you'll come to find out, that didn't happen for me with Flip. It's a long story.
0: Okay, um, so yeah, you then obviously you became you joined the Flip team. And then did you go out to America to meet them? What Mm. happened with that?
1: Yeah, so I went to, I flew out to America and the first place I went was Phoenix in in Arizona, which is crazy hot. I mean, I got there and it was 102, I think, Fahrenheit. And I went straight to the Phoenix Am contest, which was like terrifying. And the first person I met was Jeff Rowley. I was absolutely shitting myself. Because he was like a hero, legend status to me, you know. This pro skater from England, yeah, um, who was in the Tony Hawk's games, he was just an absolute legend. And yeah, he was the first person I met, and I I was skating with him. I was like, my legs were shaking, shaking so much. I remember, I could not do any tricks. I was just a wreck, and plus it was so hot. I was like overheating, blah blah. blah. Stayed the contest, did terrible. And then went back to, um, and then at the time they had a house uh, in Long Beach, which was ran by uh, the team manager at the time, Harry, and his wife Sally was there. And then it was me, Luan, and David Gonzalez. So that was was quite an experience.
0: What's it like being on a team with these, you know, top of their game, skaters Mm. like you know Corin capels two times x games winner uh luana olivera two times Mm. uh street league winner jeff rowley (laughs) like what is it like being on a team with these people is it daunting is it is it Mm. good for you skating how is it
1: yeah Um, yeah you can only improve skating around you know i always like to try to skate with people who are better than me because that's the only way you're going to improve if you skate with people who, who aren't very good not, I don't think you're going to progress very much because if you see them doing holy shit, but then you know, oh, maybe I could try that, and you try it, and then oh, oh, it kind of works. Um, so yeah, I mean, skating those guys, those guys are absolute top tier, you know, best. So it's definitely daunting, but you you tell yourself you can hang with them, but it is hard instead to be on the you know, they're on a whole different level to anything I'd seen before.
0: Yeah, it's, I think those those who can skate at the top competitions, like the X Games, Street League, they, they're the top 1% where, yeah. you know, they're landing every trick near enough, every single time, no matter what. And mm. they're so technical. They've got such good style. It's for some, I feel like it would be very sort of scary to be around because, you know, you kind of think, Oh, I'm not as good as, or I can't do that. Um, mm. But for you, you you've had obviously that style where you skate a lot of transition and mm. um, you're very relaxed in what you do, and it doesn't seem to have affect how you skated. You've always done what you want to do, which is quite good. Mm. But talk yeah. to me about so those initial few years, how was it skating and you know keeping you how you are?
1: Yeah, well, it was going okay. I think I went on a, I went on a tour, which went pretty good. Things were starting to pick up and then it just completely everything fell apart because i i destroyed my leg i broke my leg so badly uh i fractured my tibia which is like the top of your shin bone so you say this is your leg and this is your ankle that's your fibia, tip fibia, and then tibia which is like basically just under your knees a big bone right there and i completely broke the whole thing so my leg was stuck my leg was stuck back like that, on on a rail, just on this little flat bar. And uh, uh, Jeff Jeff Rowley put me in the back of his car, drove me to the Long Beach Hospital, and I was in the hospital for four days. Uh, had surgery there, had forty nine staples. Wow! In my leg because of the surgery, they stapled it up. The scar. I uh, got a big metal plate down the down the leg with six pins. And, uh, yeah, I was in hospital for four days. Um, I was on morphine the whole time. It was absolutely off my nut. I couldn't even eat ice chips without throwing up. So I basically didn't eat anything for four days, probably. And I was on morphine the whole time. Uh, (laughs) I remember I used to smoke at the time, and I went outside in the wheelchair for the first time in three or four days, lit up a cigarette, and I've never been so lightheaded. I was just, like, in a wheelchair, on my own, melting with like a cigarette in my mouth, uh, and then a week later, I was able to because um, they didn't put me in a in a cast because it was just this weird place to break your leg. So I was able to fly home a week later, but the the recovery from that was really hard. I'd say it was six six to nine months, nine months before I could skate properly, which That's was a long time.
0: Insane! It's you know it's the, the, good point what, the, to... the
1: confidence the confidence absolutely just destroyed me. Yeah. It was so it's, hard it's to probably, come back from that.
0: It's probably a good time to get onto injuries and stuff like that, mm. because injury, so skateboarding, you know, you get hit in the shin, that's bad enough, but when you're doing such technical t- tricks down stair sets, down rails, that kind <laughs> of thing, the chances of bone breaks are pretty bad. And... yeah, So talk to me about, you know, some of the worst injuries, obviously that's one of them. And how you've adapted um to these injuries sort of afterwards
1: mm. well yeah that, that's the worst one because that that was just just terrible you know the whole experience and it was pretty depressed i was in a pretty heavy depression for about a month because i flew back to england straight and it was winter time so i was just couldn't i couldn't even leave the house because i lived on a hill and it snowed for a couple of weeks i couldn't literally couldn't get out of the house for two weeks because i was on crutches so i couldn't leave because i would slip so that was pretty depressing i was like that was the low point but then the that was all right after that six or seven months and then i could skate again haven't that's actually the only bone i've ever broken touch wood i've been knocked out cold uh i've gotten staples in my head i've dislocated my elbow three or four times each side Uh Actually, I separated my this bone here one time, not too badly, but a pretty good amount. Uh, and then, you know, I've sprained my ankle more times than I can count. And and shin is, I don't even consider a thing. You know, when I see when I see someone getting kicked in football and they're rolling around on the floor, that really winds me up. Because I'm yeah. like, they should get a skateboard to the shin. They're wearing shin pads too. The knobheads. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I get it. You know, if you someone kicks you in the leg with with studs, it's gonna hurt. But skateboards made of metal—it's
0: honestly football players
1: really wind me up with with their injury bollocks.
0: It's it's quite you know a shinna. I remember getting my first one, and it's like you—the first one is like your soul leaves your body for a second. It's the worst feeling in the world, Mm. and the only thing I can compare it to. There's
1: different levels to it. Yeah. There's like the a little only... shin where they're out, but then there's somewhere so bad you just you can you almost cry.
0: Yeah. The only thing I can compare it to is so in MMA, if you throw a kick, a low kick, and someone checks it, so they put their shin out and your shin yeah, hits like their that. shin, uh the worst yeah. feeling in the world, like you you can't even fathom so yeah, walking after. If
1: it's bone on bone, yeah, that's gonna hurt.
0: Yeah. But what's, so but yeah, what's the rehab like for you when you've do when you had these injuries?
1: Uh, it just depends what it is. You know, just skated elbows like a month. Uh, knocked out, I was skating the next day. Uh, probably shouldn't have, but that's whatever. Uh, same with the staples in my head. That was a couple of days. Uh, and then, you know, sprained ankle can take a few weeks. Uh, I've got terrible toes, actually. That's one of the worst things I have. That's an ongoing problem. I think it's hereditary, but... I have arthritis in both big toes, which is actually really annoying because it doesn't sound like it's anything bad. Like, oh, my toe hurts, you like, whatever. But it's, it's so bad. It's, they're called bunions, basically. It's not a nice word. I think they should change the word, honestly. <laughs> but it's so bad that you know sometimes I, it doesn't bend. My big toe doesn't bend back. And just so happens you really need your big toe to do yep. stuff. I didn't realize how much you need your toes, especially the big one. That, that's doing a lot of shit. So to not have it bend back really inconvenient. And sometimes it gets so aggravated and swollen that I can't like wear a shoe after I skate when I drive home because it's it's so painful. So I've had to start doing cortisone shots every like six months where he just gets this massive needle and he puts it in the joint and it's horrible. It's like the worst thing. I've had he one right in the joint.
0: I've had one okay. in my, in my big toe as well, actually. So I yeah. had surgery on, so between the big toe yeah. and the second toe, they yeah. cut open the top of my foot and drilled into the bone, uh, sesamoid bone it's called in the bottom of my foot. Yeah. And I'm in the same boat. Like I then understood the importance of the big toe. Mm. I lost range of motion, it, that kind of thing. And yeah. to get that back is months. It's it's such yeah. a small joint, but it's at it, Took me, I think, three or four months to be yeah. fully back to where I was before.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I, I need surgery, but I just haven't can't be asked now. So the the kind um the core zone work for now.
0: Yeah, it's, it's horrible. Yeah, it works. So with your long term injury, the six to nine months when you broke the bone in your mm. shin. Talk to me about that time. That must have been scary when your job is to be a skater and the one thing you can't do is skate.
1: Yeah, that was, well, yeah, that definitely, that was a huge setback. I never thought of my well, skating as a job really anyway. just kind of doing it. Um, I probably should have planned ahead a bit more. <laughs> I've never been good at planning, as my fiancé will tell you um but uh yeah i just just kind of went with it four and a half four months of crutches and then three or four months of, of, of physiotherapy you know a lot of swimming four swimming, months basically. of crutches yeah yeah a long time
0: that's i've never heard anyone be on crutches for that long that's insane it, it,
1: it, it was like november to february too is like the most peak you know peak possible time to do it cold Press it. Oh, it's that horrible.
0: That's like, so yeah. you, you can't, when you're, it's not like a normal job where you can take sick leave and that kind of thing. Like, obviously, you say you didn't think of it as a job, but it's where your income is. So,
1: yeah, I mean, once you're out, you're out. Like, you're just going to fall behind. It's the same. And then, like, you know, that happens to your football. You you see football players, you know, who've got a lot of potential, get an injury. Next thing you know, they're playing in the championship. Because they never got to get in the Premier League. is so hard. If, it, if you get an injury, you're screwed. Yeah. It's the same in skiing. If you want to be at the top, you have to kind of get lucky in a way or just have more talent than everyone else.
0: It's absolutely... Yeah, It's I, I feel like for a lot of people, it, especially coming back from such a big injury, it would put them off doing the things they were doing previously because yeah. they, there's that scare of, could it happen again? Was that ever that was in your thing. head?
1: Yeah, I mean that's why that's the main reason I never, up until recently, skated rails. I was just scared. I I never did a feeble grind ever since, and that that was the trick I broke my leg on—just a feeble grind.
0: So how I've long was that between? Since. So how long ago was that?
1: That broke my leg.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: twelve years. Wow. Yeah. So, so I've never still done a feeble since.
0: Still, it affects you.
1: I've just never do it again. I've, wow! But the thing is, like, for the last year or two, I've completely changed uh, what I'm trying to skate. I, I really trying to skate rails now, and I'm getting much more. Um, that's given me like a new lease of stoke towards skating because transition is just in my muscle memory at this point. Like I don't really need to practice it too much. Not to sound like arrogant, but once you know you've done something so many times, you can just do it do you know what i mean that's how like rail guys are so good at rails because they just grow up skating it it's all about confidence and, and muscle memory so i've just been trying to force myself to skate rails and it's getting like i'm really starting to enjoy it now because i'm learning all these different tricks and it's like i am I feel like a kid again
0: yeah it's it, i remember as a kid it was such a good feeling when like landing your first kick flip landing your first heel flip the yeah the hours you'd spend doing it and then that one time that you do land it, it was the best, it was the best feeling in the world. It can't compare to a lot there's yeah. not a lot that does. Um, yeah.
1: I was getting now I'm getting that that same feeling back with, with learning rail tricks. Like, you know, don't really get that with transition anymore because you've just done it for so long. But with rails, I'm like every time I learn a new rail trick, I'm so fucking stoked.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely a sport that allows for that feeling of being a kid constantly. But yeah, so you moved to you said you moved to America ten years ago. What sprouted that?
1: That was just flip, you know, flip telling me to come out. They got me a visa, which ended up getting a five year visa, which is quite rare. And yeah, I just moved out and then the rest is history really.
0: How did you find the difference between the UK and
1: the US skate scene? That's massive. You know, back then it was a massive difference. I think UK scene's got a lot better recently. I think there's way more kids skating nowadays. Uh, obviously, it's a lot more um, accessible to see. You know, you've got everything you would ever need to see in just to, in the palm of your hand. Big difference growing up, but then again, you know, you get a lot more distracted these days. It's probably hard to focus. Back then, we didn't have that much to distract us, which was quite cool. You know, be down the skate park and there's no phones or or anything to distract you, so you just you're just skating the whole time
0: yeah it's it's definitely a distraction now because i remember it was the year pokemon go came out and we planned to go on a trip to liverpool skating so we got the train mm. to liverpool and then we all ended up downloading pokemon go and the day mm. was skating around was, <laughs> on is, that the
1: one you, is that the one where you had to find them in the city or something
0: yeah it was like yeah. the peak time that, that had come out and we oh, just spent I think it was, was eight weird. hours on that game <laughs>
1: That was a weird time
0: oh it was it was it, nah. looking back it was so good though like it's yeah. such a it, that was like the start of obviously what technology has mm. now become with in terms of ai and that kind of thing yeah. but yeah it's, i
1: i liked it when things were less accessible and a bit more mysterious i think that's why it, it used to be so when you see a pro skate you're like wow now you can just see what he gets up to every day all day you know yeah. you can go to the skate park and probably see like 10 pros here Daily. Um, and uh, yes, it's mad. It's so different. So when you moved to the
0: States and you were obviously, uh, you'd moved out there to be with Flip, was it ever? So obviously, we've talked about like Corinne Capel, skated the X Games, Lana Oliveira, skated Street League. Was it ever mm. on your mind to compete in competitions like that? Or were you always just there for, you know, the the street parts? That kind of thing, you know, the magazines, all that.
1: <clears throat> no, like, I really wanted to do contests, and I actually got skated a, a qualifier for street league in Barcelona. And I just, I for some reason just cannot skate contest. I just fucking fall apart every time. I just start to get jitters, and I start to question myself. And I still, to this day, can't do it. But that's I'm skating so much more rails now because I'm hoping. I get so comfortable on it that it becomes muscle memory, I won't be like freaking out. Cause you know, most of the time those courses have a lot of rails. And I would just have to try and navigate the course without skating the rails. While all the other guys are jumping down, you know, the handrails and stuff, I'd have to go and you know, quarter pipe stuff doesn't get scored as as well either. So I'm trying to adapt. But yes, contest yeah. was that was quite traumatic for me, in Barcelona big after that. I remember flying home back to Barb. Oh my God, that was... I snapped my board on live TV because I was so pissed off. <laughs> and Jeremy called me, he's like, that was not a good look.
0: <laughs>
1: I remember I I, ch- I lobbed it over the fucking barrier and just snapped the shit out of it on live TV or wherever, fucking wherever it was being played.
0: But it's so common. It's so common. Like you see in street parts, um, you know, all YouTube videos, that kind of thing now, where people just, they have a moment and they'll snap a board, launch it wherever. They're just, it's just, it's so raw. It's just the anger that you feel in that moment because you know you're capable of doing what you're doing. You just, yeah, it's just you don't understand why you can't do it.
1: Yeah, it's just frustrating. But again, back to contest, I think that's something that if you do it when you're a kid, and you do it consistently it's ingrained in your brain and it becomes muscle memory and you will it's so hard to learn to skate contests when you're an adult so i don't i think when you're a kid you don't really think as much and you know when when you're when you're older especially me i just i'm always thinking the worst like oh what if i fall instead of thinking oh, i'm gonna land this i think oh what if i fall <laughs> why i need therapy
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's. I, I get what you mean by skating it as a kid because you see, like we saw with the Olympics last summer, the amount of kids, especially in the women's category of skateboarding, the amount of kids, like 11, 12. Yeah. It's well, no, your know, parents
1: are onto it now. They they know. But back then, again, I go back to my parents, I'm a little annoyed. But at the same time, I'm not because I wouldn't have wanted them around because they were yeah. just being annoying. But I, I, there's no way. These kids like having their parents watching over them the whole time, pushing them to do shit. That's not what it's about.
0: For me but it's most kind of, these, of... Um,
1: most of these new kids are just unbelievably good. But the you know, the, the facilities and the training and, and the technology, recovery, everything's different now.
0: It's that's it, yeah, it's especially with it being broadcast on the Olympics. Like before that, I feel like now there's obviously a massive, massive reach with it being in mm. the Olympics.
1: It was a bit of a joke back then, but now it's like, well shit, you can actually make really good money out of this. Or, you know, you can be uh, you know, you can compete for your country.
0: Do you think it's done good or bad for the world of skating, in terms of the
1: publicity? Just just both. Same of anything.
0: What what are the pros and the cons of it?
1: Uh, Pros, just, you know, more recognition, uh, more, more brands involved, more money, uh, I think, I don't know why, there's no reason why skateboarding shouldn't be looked at the same way as all major sports are because in my opinion, it's just as hard. The amount of effort and time and pain and injuries that goes into learning how to skate on that level is, and the, 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 the risks that some of these guys are taking, people you can't even comprehend. Jumping down a 15 stair rail is is so dangerous. You know, and then you've got like volleyball. It's just like back. <laughs> yeah. But people it, my, most your average person probably thinks, I'm not having a pop at volleyball, it's probably quite a good laugh. I'm just using that as like, that's been in the Olympics. The skateboarding has just got in there and people were probably just starting to realise how impressive it actually is.
0: It always baffled me that snowboarding and skiing and the freestyle side of it was always in the Olympics. It's always been a thing. Yeah but skateboarding was never yet yeah, there's mm. especially snowboarding they're so interchangeable
1: yeah like for me i just different though and it? it's winter olympics got there's not that much you can do yeah that's true
0: but it, yeah <laughs> still I, just think, <laughs> I still think if you're going to like if they were doing you know snowboarding the the racing and that was it mm. then i could understand it but it was the fact there was the half pipe you know yeah. there was the big airs that kind of thing the when you're having when you're using that in the winter olympics why aren't you then using skateboarding in the summer olympics it never really made sense to me yeah but you know, now they are
1: so then pretty funny to watch
0: yeah it is um so then obviously you were at flip for oh just over 10 years
1: yeah it was ten, uh, yeah about 10 years and
0: that came to an end it was 2021 if i'm correct
1: yes yeah so basically they never turned me pro, which was their or you know, a lot of people wanted it to happen, I'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> a lot of comments, but that's the that's on them, I, they didn't think you know to to the, to be fair, I did get a bit lost in my twenties for you know mid twenties i was I was pretty, pretty out in the party scene, you know, got a bit lost, quite quite heavily into drugs, uh doing way too much of that stuff, and I wasn't skating that much. And I think I missed my. Uh, I definitely missed my window. That the injury combined with with, you know, drinking and going out too much, uh, definitely hindered me in that aspect. Uh, which is something you just have to, you just have to accept. And it only took me took me to like about twenty nine. When I met my fiance, that was when I was really starting to like, knuckle down and and crack on and be. Take it seriously, because I was, I was just such a pile in my twenties. <laughs> I was on a mad one, but you know, you're you going to do live in Hollywood.
0: Yeah, it's. I I feel like especially for a Brit, like here in Britain, it's so small town. I've said it with a few people on this. Is mm. you you grow up and everyone knows everyone's business. It's very small, and then to move like I've moved to Australia and it's so different. And then you've moved. Mm. To LA, where it's probably even more different than it is here. How it's actually it's
1: interesting. It? It's, it's once you're going out, you're in the kind of party scene, it's quite small. Everyone knows each other and you see the same people over and over again. Uh, yeah, it's, it wasn't until I stepped out of it that I realized how stupid it really is.
0: It's definitely a part like for me, I've sort of it was yeah it was start of uni i did like obviously the freshers and that kind of thing and it was just yeah i got to the end of freshers i was like this is i can't do it
1: it's not for me it lasted a good couple of years for me i was i was on a mad one regrettably but what are you gonna do (laughs) so then
0: you left you left flip because obviously you weren't made pro and then so what, what go on if you want to talk about that anymore then feel free to uh
1: basically well, it was it was my fiance who who kind of pushed me to do it because she kind of I'd never I had never been in a serious relationship before until now, and she kind of saw my situation and at the time I I started skiing with my my friend Ryan who films for Sovereign, and it just kind of happened naturally that I I really liked Sovereigns like image and brand and their their board graphics are really good, and it's a bit more of like a small independent company. And uh she was like, "She was like, you should skate for them." I'm like, "Maybe I should." So it kind of just happened, and then I quit flip. Uh, I went down there and just said, "I'm, you know, quitting." And it was a bit awkward, but whatever. And uh she she came down with me, which was which was nice. And uh yeah, and then you know, I did. I didn't even know that software was going to turn me pro, to be honest. And then a couple months later, uh, there was the board. But i was I was skating a lot with those guys and uh, it just kind of happened actually and i filmed most of that video part during like pandemic
0: i was going to say so you wouldn't have known then that they were going to turn you pro when you were filming that part
1: no but i wasn't filming a part for sovereign at the time i was just filming i was still skating flipboards actually at that time most of that video part is flipboards i think
0: i noticed um, that yeah
1: yeah so i quit quite towards the end of that and because uh, i basically had a part ready to go hard and it was, it was all right um, I
0: th- to be fair i thought it was good because it was very different to what you've put out previously a lot of your previous stuff is very transition based whereas this you took more to the street and it was very yeah, so it was like you pushed yourself out of your comfort zone and it was it was actually a really good
1: video in my yeah, opinion yeah 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 no definitely i definitely some of the tricks in there i was really proud of uh i tried to push myself as much as i could i think um yeah and then next thing i know they they called me and they're like when you program? That was that was
0: mad. That's yeah. I bet it was one of the most insane feelings you've had in skating, being yeah. finally after years just going pro.
1: Yeah, it was for you know, especially for me, it took a long time, <laughs> and it was all good. You know, I'd like to turn pro for flip, uh, but it wasn't. It wasn't meant to be. That was their decision, and uh, I got no hard feelings towards them. We still, yeah, so, you know, I still follow them on Instagram and and all that.
0: It's, it's, it, I think it's always better though when, especially. You know, it, it's more careers career paths for both don't align and it's you've taken a good way about going about it. You know, you just told them I look, I to yeah, I yeah, don't want to skate just, you anymore. It's...
1: I just wasn't skating with that many guys on the team at the time and quite a few of my few I was close with had left, you know, Caro and Louis quit as well. So I was I wasn't really like that close with anyone. I mean Luan for sure, but he lives in Brazil, so that's tricky. And then a couple of other guys I'd skate with as often as we could, but I just started to feel a bit removed from the whole thing. Sovereign was like kind of welcomed me in and everyone made really me feel really welcome. So, uh, and you know, their board graphics are awesome too. That was something yeah, that definitely drew me to it. Alex, the guy who makes the boards, is was, was fantastic.
0: Yeah, they are definitely some good graphics. Like they're the kind yeah. of boards that you would have up on your wall in your living room kind of yeah. thing. And then,
1: and then like, you know, we did a, my fiance, she's like, oh let's go get some sushi and then i'm like yeah what it's like this really random place i'm like all right and then you know I walked upstairs and there was a couple of all the sovereign guys were out there one of my agents and my mg and there wasn't a, a massive amount of people but it was it was nice because it was intimate um so that was really sweet it's always bad brought, when like, I a bunch that. of wine for everyone she bought like a bunch of wine for everyone that was unreal so nice of her. yeah
0: so you, obviously, that was 2021, but before that as well, you have been modeling for yes. how many years?
1: God. The first thing, I, I think about 25, 26, I got signed to Next Models, um, okay. by my who's still my agent, Mimi. She was at Next for about, and then we were there for about three years. Then she left. She opened the IMG office in in Los Angeles. Uh, and I ended up going to IMG because I just followed her. And, you know, IMG is just mega, mega company.
0: Yeah, it's it's uh, because at the start you it's interesting because you said that you wouldn't consider yourself a professional model, but you have worked with companies like DKM Y recently. Uh, Hublot that, watches.
1: DKM was actually the first campaign I ever did. It's funny oh really? Cause, yeah, yeah, that was the first job I ever got. That was crazy. So, that was uh so I was, that, yeah i didn't that's
0: insane it, because it's no one really you start small where if you you've started big essentially
1: yeah i went straight in there and i was, you know it was mad because the shoot was huge it was in new york lower east side skate park and the campaign was everywhere i was on bus stops and you know all kinds of shit and i was like whoa that was my first introduction to uh into that world and i was like this is all right but at the time uh it was a lot different to how it is now nobody there was only a cover a couple of people were were doing fashion stuff in skating and we were getting pretty ridiculed for it as well you know i used to be scared to to post on instagram about the job that i did even though it was it was really cool shit. you know i was doing h m campaign you know sort of shot on like a wes anderson movie set uh DKMY campaign, Diesel, you know, American Eagle. Good stuff. But I was I was so scared to post about it because of the backlash.
0: What what do you Compare mean by the
1: backlash? That, well just, you know, people talking shit, you know. Oh, you're a dick. Wow, that's not you know. <laughs> Whereas now everyone wants a bit of a bit of the action. Yeah, I, th-
0: I think it's a it's a given with anything though. Like when you do something a bit out of the ordinary, people are always gonna give you shit, but it always is the people who give you shit are the people who don't amount to doing much.
1: Yeah. It's just, you can't pay any attention to it. I never did, but it was just funny to see the contrast from, from then to now.
0: Yes. Uh, So you've worked with obviously DKMY, Hublot watches, Gucci. Talk to me about what it's like working with huge brands like that in terms of obviously you've gone from skating, doing skate videos to now you're working on these massive sets.
1: With these huge companies yeah i mean some of the stuff you get to do is just outrageous you know the the hotels the shoots the the locations um i think i wouldn't there's there's been some great ones gucci were really nice to work with uh and then dolce and gabbana was really cool uh h&m was probably the most accomplished they probably treated me the best out of out of anyone but then dkmy you know diesel uh, well, I've, I've done a few things with burberry god uh, bulgari was really nice they treated me really well me and they actually i went with my fiance to new york that was right before that was the last job i did before the uh pandemic i think i was on the plane in february oh we were actually really sick i thought probably had COVID to be honest didn't know what it was though we were both barked and uh yeah, got to New York really sick and then did the shoot and then went back and then next thing you know, everything shut down.
0: There's, a, so I read an article on Thrash's website about you going to, I think it was a party with Gucci and you fell into the pool. Mm. Go on, oh, do you want to explain? <laughs>
1: yeah, I, d I you're just at this mad, it was this party after the uh, show And it was at this big swimming pool that they just opened in like Milan or something. I think it was Milan. Yeah, it was Milan. It was this big outdoor public swimming pool, which they turned into like a night, like a club thing. they put like plexiglass over the pool for most of it. And then we get there and I had a, I swear I got spiked because I took one, I took a big shot. I think I was quite jet lagged too, because I literally flew from LA to Milan and back in two days. So I was just off. I was so out of it from jet lag anyway. But that combined with like a massive shot plus possible spiking. Yeah. Meant I went to walk. I went to stand on a piece of plexiglass, which actually turns out wasn't there. So I just put my foot straight into the pool and I literally completely submerged in the pool. And I was wearing, you know, a full gucci suit oh, and God. it was just like i just went home after that it was horrible i bet so when,
0: i bet when you came out of the water there's just everyone around you just staring yeah basically
1: it was pretty bad and then they haven't worked with them since which is <laughs> not not a coincidence that's quite uh, funny oh, there yeah. yeah so uh, are
0: there any other like what talk to me about the modeling world versus the skate world what's what's it like because they feel like two really contrasting things
1: actually not that much really they're quite similar in some ways uh you know there's a lot of grafting a lot of starting from the bottom modeling's actually quite quite cutthroat and horrible some of it you know some of the if you're really trying to do like shows and stuff like that you know you'll you'll have to sleep in a house i never did any of that stuff i wasn't tall enough but you know i've I've seen model houses. they're They're pretty grimy. You know there'll be seven, eight guys in a house, you know each having a single bed. It's absolute shithole. And you're not getting paid much either. So it's not too dissimilar to skiing because skiers don't get paid enough, in my opinion.
0: yeah, it's it's definitely an industry where there could probably be a lot more done at the lower end rather than paying everyone at the top.
1: So yeah, could could be distributed a bit differently perhaps, but you know same in anything.
0: how's how's it changed for you because obviously you started skating when it was all vhs but mm. now everything's on instagram so how do you use your social media to market yourself like do you make more money because of social media
1: yeah well i've done i can't talk anything about you know instagram has been very kind to me i've done because a lot of jobs now are based around instagram uh you do a shoot the company sends you some product shoot it and they they basically get they'll get a free campaign for quite a small fee sometimes uh where they'll just have you uh shoot the stuff yourself like I just did something with DKMY they said send me the clothes and then I go out with a friend, take the pictures, post it and then boom Instagram. Um but it's quite hard to keep up with Instagram because there's so much content now. Like if you to to keep your followers engaged is hard, man. Because if you keep on a certain level, that some people don't know how much time and effort goes into those tricks, and, and to the, just whack...
0: Everyone just wants to see the the end product. The the yeah, you know, the thing that takes three hours, they want to see the ten seconds.
1: Yeah, and then you know that they'll immediately move on to the next person who just posted a trick which is probably better than the one you just posted so it's hard it's, it's hard to keep going but it's good fun when you when you post a trick and everyone's like oh yeah that was good uh, you get a lot of comments it's nice it's two it's two it's sides to it
0: yeah would you ever so youtube has become a massive thing especially for s- some yes. skaters like you look at the likes of you know john hill um i swear is Nigel that? houston as is it? john hill he's a he's a professional skateboarder for a company called revive but his he made a lot of videos to do with, you know, skating in New York, different, you know, going to different places. He talks about the state of different skate parks, that kind of thing. It's
1: very mm.
0: his content's very design. So like,
1: he's like vlogging or something.
0: Sort of, yeah. So we started out mm. vlogging, but now it's more there'll be a topic for a video and within it he'll put his skating. Um mm. and he's you know he's he's professional for Revive Skateboard which is a company out of Cincinnati um, yeah. he has I think a million subscribers on his YouTube so that's obviously his main source yeah. of income is that ever anything you would consider doing or is that just not for you?
1: Yeah definitely I, I, I tried to start one actually not too long ago uh, with a friend of mine but he got too he got so busy that he couldn't he didn't have time for me, and I couldn't afford to give him enough what he deserved to make the videos that he was making. Uh, but we made we made a couple, which were really cool. Uh, and so I started a page. The page is there; it just hasn't got. It's got like one video on it. But it did all right. It got like five or six thousand views in like the first first video I posted. It's like, no, there's probably something there. To be honest, I think um, I just texted my friend the other day actually about doing it again and trying to try to maybe because a lot of the videos that have done well for me in the past have always been like a day in the life something along those lines i think people respond quite well to them
0: yeah because they like that's... to
1: see they like to see your daily um what you get up to basically and then inside your house and, uh now that i'm in a different phase of my life and i've you know engaged and we we live in like a an actual house instead of like a skate house. (laughs) I feel like it might be quite cool to show that side of it now, now that I'm a bit older and I'm, you know, doing different stuff.
0: Yeah. It's, I feel like the skate world has definitely transitioned in terms of how they view YouTube because I feel like it used to be very much outcast. If you had a YouTube channel as a skater, it was very outcast because it was almost a fight against, you know, the big companies like Thrasher like, yeah. that kind well, of thing. They,
1: they, they're using YouTube a lot. You know, they're making money off their ad revenue off there for sure. So I think you definitely can't talk shit about skaters using YouTube. You can talk shit about some of the fucking stuff on there, though. Because some <laughs> of it is so fucking cheesy. I'll agree. Some, of, some <laughs> of it needs to be called out for how fucking stupid it is. Because they're, yeah. they're just taking the piss. They're literally... Because, you know, most of the people watching the videos won't even know about skating anyway, so they're... They're smart. They know what they're doing, but from a skate aspect, it's so hard to take it seriously.
0: I, th- I think a lot of the problem now is a lot of people are very inauthentic in what they do. Like they're just very yeah. clever. They know how to market themselves to do to make exactly. them money, and it's, it's not all over it's the not,
1: place. It's not just skating.
0: Yeah, it's like you look at TikTok. You see how some people oh. are, and you, you instantly—you don't even have to know the person. You know straight away that isn't you. You aren't yeah. like that on a daily basis.
1: I I, I think you always but I always respond well to people that who are genuine and like have been haven't changed the way they do it. Um, there's a bloke called Mark Goldbridge on YouTube who I absolutely love. He's does love Stand. He's, he's so is, good. He's, he's like real life Alan Partridge. He's such a legend. And he's so great because he never ever changes the way he is. He's grew pretty famous now as well. He's got like one and a half million followers hey. and uh, he there. did.
0: Um, I think. I think this season, I I didn't really watch him before this year, and it was the video of him. So he obviously streams every United game, and there's a video of him in the four 0 loss to Brentford, where mm. he just loses his head. Like I've not seen yeah, yeah, anything yeah. like it.
1: No, but he does that all the time. But I've I've watched him for years, and I always watch uh, his his pre match, you know, videos. And as soon as the game's over, I'll whack his video on, and watch his match reaction. I absolutely love it, but he's someone who's very genuine and you can completely relate to. Plus, he's like literally real life Alan Partridge. And no, one's s- Alan. Seen, um, no one's funnier than Alan. Have you seen? No funnier than Alan Partridge, in my opinion.
0: I can agree. Have you seen Ben Foster, the ex Watford goalkeeper? Yeah. yeah, So he does yeah, yeah, yeah. the football fill-in, and he has Mark Gallbridge right.
1: on. And Foster's Mark, Foster's alright. His he's, his band is a bit weak.
0: I'll agree with that, but he, he, I just think when he has Mark Goldbridge, and I feel like he's now become sort of a co-host in that football filling that he does, and he's t- he's he's so British in every aspect. Oh, yeah. Like that, there's there's no positivity in anything, and he's just yeah. constantly that was shit, that was shit, that was shit. Like yeah, that's just... why I like him. Um... <laughs> it's a bit yeah. of home from home for you.
1: Yeah, but no, I mean YouTube is uh, it's definitely something I. Would- it's is hard because you need somebody to film it for you who is just all in like i i know i feel like a lot of time it's like the guy filming whoever's youtube channel is like their brother or something who's just in it you know what i mean who that's if if they make it if they make it then they both make it it can't just be you making it, it has to be the filmer making it too
0: yeah it's There's so much
1: time to do it to make good money you got to put so much fucking time into doing that
0: 100% it's changed from like when I was younger people just used, used to start with nothing whereas now people, yeah people look for quality they're all instantly you have to have quality or people switch off mm.
1: yeah and I hate the people you know they try to clickbait you and just write some bollocks you know headline or something like that it's just yeah there's a lot of shit out there which you have to avoid but I don't definite. really watch skating on YouTube to be honest as you see the cars or uh football that's it yeah a lot of car stuff I'm massively into cars
0: are you what car what cars do you have or car uh
1: I've got a GLC 63 AMG bigger uh, big AMG fan see it's, so, it's
0: something I could and, never I could never fully get my, into
1: my fiance so. is a bit of a she's a badass she's got Aston Martin Vantage so <sighs> nice. we're big into cars that was one of the reasons we, we clicked in the first place we were into cars amongst other reasons obviously wasn't just the... <laughs> <laughs> so so where did you two but, meet god oh so we met on actually met online on an app uh okay. which i think is pretty huge these days i don't even know people meet each other in real life anymore do they not very common i reckon it's weirder to meet someone in real life now than like, than it is on an app
0: i feel like it is it's That'd definitely be mad
1: if you if you met someone in real life that would be like well fucking hell yeah, yeah, so we met on an app. Uh, got chatting. I FaceTime. No, did she FaceTime me? I think I FaceTimed her to make sure she was actually her because you know there's a lot of sketchy shit going on out there. So I FaceTimed her, and yeah, it was her. So I was like, all right, cool. And we met up, had some Korean food. First time I ever at Korean because she's full Korean. Uh, had Korean food for the first time, which isn't the most flattering thing to eat by the way go on the first date it's not a good look like it's really bright it's dinks it uh you know you're chomping down a bunch of meat <laughs> but it's a good laugh and there's a beer you know you have some beer and, have some, and some meat and uh it's quite a good ice it's quite a good way to meet someone actually and then we didn't um we were just kind of cash is there a noise in the background right?
0: yeah i don't know what that was but
1: um, we were we were quite we we were just you know going along and then uh, unfortunately her dad um, went to hospital with a heart condition because he had a heart transplant uh, like 16 years ago so he got submitted to intensive care because his heart wasn't doing well and at the time I was living in uh, Beverly Hills which was about three or four minutes away from the hospital so she her she lived like 25 minutes away so she would end up spending like almost every night either at the hospital or at my house because it was so close to the hospital if something happened which it usually would she could just you know be there in a matter of in a matter of minutes instead of like 30 minute drive because sometimes she'd have to leave at like four or five in the morning um but that period of time you know massively brought us closer together and uh, I would, you know, take her bagels in the morning. I <clears> actually <throat> uh, met her mum for the first time at the hospital, which was quite weird. Which um, she met you know, her, her... mum? I met her mum, yeah, because uh, her mum was thought... in, in, you know, was in intensive care with her husband, who was um, yeah not doing well. No, I thought and... you said
0: she met her, she met her mum for the first time. <laughs> I
1: was like, what? No, no. no, no. <laughs> no, no. Uh, they were they would spend the nights there. She would stay the night at my house most of the time not my house, but where I was staying. And then um, that just brought us, you know, close together. It kind of accelerated the relationship quicker than you could ever imagine, something like that. And then unfortunately, you know, one, one morning, uh, I think it was about seven in the morning, I get called. and he passed away. Um, so I went to the hospital and waited in this reception and yeah, she came down and it was just, oh, it was horrible, but. horrible. Ever since then, we we have been, we've been completely inseparable. Probably spent I just spent like a week apart for the first time in like three and a half four years. Wow. Yeah. So ever since then, we haven't left each other's side.
0: That's a it's 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 quite a nice story actually that one.
1: Um, it's, and... it's, not, it's not nice, but it's nice at the same time. Yeah. It's almost yeah, like...
0: It's one of Because if that I mean, didn't like happen, a...
1: then we might not have gotten that close, and then you know, who who knows what might have happened. But... That yeah. that is a big big part of it
0: and then you so I, th- I think it was res- I've read in the Thrasher interview that you started your brand BA1 mm. as a result of your fiance pushing mm. you to do it
1: well she she has she has a manufacturing company here in LA so she had we were able to do it through that and okay. uh, yeah it was good it was good it was good learning experience I want to go back to it soon it was just kind of it was oh, it was a it was intense because i i just couldn't skate didn't have any time and then i kind of um so yeah and then I, it just kind of took over everything and i kind of it, it's just it's on ice let's put it that way it's, it's on ice yeah it was a great I, learning experience
0: I, I looked at the clothes and the things like that and it's very uniquely you like you don't wear the typical skater clothing, you know, like the big graphic t-shirts, the very baggy, you know, trousers, mm. that kind of thing. The you know, the graphic big heavy
1: t-shirt. S- i wearing my I'm wearing one now.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, you know what I mean. Like it's it's no. not like oversized, heavily oversized stuff. Yours is very much uh, like.
1: Uh, oh, that's that's people are madly into the, the this big boy thing that's going on. Skating's mad. They are wearing these pants called big boys never heard of them it's crazy they're like fucking expensive too they're like the biggest fucking pair of jeans you've ever seen they're like balloon they're like parachute pants but made oh, out of denim
0: i know what you're on about
1: but first it... of all i'm like they look really heavy to be honest and i'm like how the fuck are you skating in those but i've just always being into especially being in the fashion world for for a while uh you know you, you, i was heavily influenced by dylan obviously uh, and I just always liked all black, skinny. I just just thought I felt comfortable, and I'm I'm not gonna change for anyone. I'm fucking wearing all this. Because you see, you know, some people you're just like you're completely following what the, what everyone else is doing. Yeah, well, why would you do that? You know, I get it. If, you know, if you're trying to be popular and fit in, but I just if I don't feel comfortable wearing something, I just I just can't skate in it. To be honest.
0: Yeah so you launched you launched the brand was it
1: 2021 Yeah something like that but yeah yeah it was about it was probably like 6 months before the pandemic you know and then, and then the pandemic fucking didn't help either
0: yeah that absolutely ruined everyone i think in terms of yeah. any aspirations things you wanted to
1: do yeah, I mean, it definitely massively affected me, you know, momentum-wise, uh, especially in fashion, and you know, it's it's been hard to recover. Uh, it seems to be picking up a bit again recently, but for a long time there, it was hard because companies just weren't doing anything.
0: Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely been tough for a lot of people, but I think now mm. everyone's like here. It was always on the on a knife edge, and then it was only the other day that they said that oh, you now don't have to isolate for COVID which is wild. They were you know, two that? and a half years into In Australia? It, in Melbourne, yeah.
1: Oh, shit. Yeah, they were really strict there, weren't they?
0: Nine months apparently the lockdown was for. Fucking hell. That, yeah.
1: whole, that whole period of time was so ridiculous. I mean, that that when the riots are going on too, that was mad. We had a... Because we, we live in a high-rise in Koreatown, and I think it's because there's a marine... I think there's a marine recruiting office right beneath us in one of the retail spaces, and when that riots were going on, there was an actual tank parked outside our house. When you drive up the ramp to go into the parking area, there was a tank like, you know, guarding it. And then a guy with a with an A K forty seven at the top of the ramp making sure that you were a resident. I thought, like, oh, I could get used to this. But <laughs> it was fucking mad. wild. It's just such a weird time. It's to weird alive. to think
0: that it would never it'll never happen again. In our lifetime, we will never go if through anything like to that. If
1: someone says to me, if someone said to me now, you got to go into lockdown or you'll die or risk getting COVID or getting some kind sort of serious disease or going into like, I just go get the disease, just get it over with. It was give it to me. That,
0: <laughs> it was the fact that, like, so I remember the first couple of weeks of it. We weren't allowed out in the because in the UK you just weren't allowed out of your house unless
1: you're yeah, on your own. It was the same here. It was mad. And
0: I went to I went to the park. And literally, we, me and my friend stood at opposite ends of the park, just leathering a football to each other. And police turned up and were like, you've got to go home. Yeah. And we were like, we're not even near each other. I don't get what the problem is. And they're like, yeah, you've got to go home.
1: I mean, I, I, yeah, it was pretty bad at the start what was happening to people COVID-wise. Um, but if you, if a COVID came along again, oh, and you just feel like, I'll just give it, I'll just get it. I'd rather just get it. <laughs> yeah. <I can laughs> I'm not fucking you. staying inside again. Yeah, um, you know, so then, then the highlight of the day used to be, the highlight of our day would be like going to fucking Starbucks drive-through, with our masks on, with gloves, well, gloves, and a mask <laughs> to go to Starbucks.
0: It it's funny now. Yeah. You still see you see people driving in the car by themselves with a mask on.
1: Oh, that that really and, winds me up.
0: And I'm like, what are you what are you protecting
1: yourself from? You're in your that, own. That was car. stupid. That was stupid in the when covid was about yeah people the fact that people are still doing it, uh, it that really winds me up
0: it was i worked in a supermarket when covid hit
1: oh, oh god!
0: oh my god it was the it was the heaviest we i've never experienced like christmas was always bad it's uh, working in a mm. supermarket but then with i've never experienced anything like it the way people yeah. just used to raid the place as if it, they were just like it was the end of the world it was insane
1: yeah yeah with the toilet paper and stuff you
0: know oh it was yeah it was wild but ridiculous sort of bringing this to, to towards the end what is, what are your plans for the future obviously you're now with sovereign you've got your own brand mm-hmm. you're doing your modeling but how what are your plans going forward
1: uh keep going with the skating i want to really you know now that i've practiced so much with this with with the rails i've got i've got a lot of new tricks i'd like to try and take to you know real obstacles streetwise and, and see what happens with that also give give the contest a good bash i'd like to go to the uk championships this time next in april next year and try out for the british team just to be part of that would be cool uh hopefully i can get on well there um more more pressing more stuff more you know soon we're supposed to I think we're just going to go to Vegas and get married like next next month or something no way because we've always said like oh know, let's get married but you know it's hard because your family's in England blah. so we're just like just bollocks so we'll just go to Vegas I think that's quite cool anyway yeah
0: definitely um, is
1: I'm not a big wedding person myself and neither is she so I think it kind of just works out it's just like go to Vegas get married have a good laugh maybe yeah. um you know go to a nice restaurant and. I think my mum will come out for it and her mum will come along too. So I think we're going to do that, which would be nice. Mm. Uh, And then, yeah, brand-wise, that's still on ice. Uh, Looking into certain, you know, future plans business-wise what I want to do. Super into cars, so I'd like to do something, maybe something around cars one day or something to do with cars. Uh, What's the idea of having a car rental? Company for some reason. I'm a massive car nerd. Like I don't know, if many people don't. I'm ridiculously into cars.
0: Yeah, car They've rental. Top... A car rental company is definitely a unique to thing to want.
1: <laughs> I just yeah, just uh, Top Gear was always my favorite show growing up. Uh, absolutely obsessed with it. Those guys who are, are you know, my favorite. And uh, yeah, ever since I can remember, I've just been into cars. And uh, I'd like to do something around that. Any sure chance what. of
0: seeing you at the Olympics in 2024?
1: <laughs> I'd love to, but I just don't think it's a realistic possibility. You know, I'd have to make the team first, which would, is that's that would be the first goal. And let to see from there, but it's it's so the level's so high. You yeah, know, my, my, my friend Nicky, who's on the Canadian team, he is just like ridiculously consistent and amazing skier. He barely makes it into the top, he made it the top 10. I'm like, holy shit, if he's only making, you know, he got ninth place, I think, and that, I'm like, all right, if he can only get ninth, what the fuck am I going to get? You know? <laughs> but fair play to him, you know, this just on a whole nother level. The the Japanese guys are just unbelievable.
0: That's something I've always been interested in, is the level of the
1: Japanese kids. It's fascinating. is how so quickly they've, they the, the level they've gone to so quickly, it's just amazing to watch they've got um, this ability to spin into into tricks like nothing i've ever seen before
0: are you familiar with louis mora the film who's in la skater
1: uh no so impossible.
0: i can't i can't remember for the life of me the kid's name but he moved to japan because of his wife mm. and he obviously met a lot of skaters out there and there was a kid who was 13 or 14 never seen anything like it He's like a prodigy.
1: Oh, I think I think he's the little uh, little Jin. I think his name's Jin Wu or something. He's like
0: skate. No, he, he skates kids. for Primitive, that I'm aware of. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, that kid's outrageous. They're just, you know, y- Yuto, Yuto's amazing. He's yeah. obviously the best right now. Um, yeah, there's a couple of them. This, this other guy Sora Sora Shirai, he's unbelievably good. Yeah, it's just the consistency and and. And skill they they have is just something else.
0: Yeah. Um, just one final question for you before we wrap things up. How would you like to be remembered? <laughs> oh, I like God. to finish heavy.
1: <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Um, good banner uh, Good skier. Liked football. Good husband. <laughs> Not in in any order. This doesn't have to be in any. Order. You just you don't have to write these on like stone or anything. Just. Yeah, just yeah, overall nice remembered. guy. Yeah. Good lad.
0: Yeah. Well, Ben Nordberg, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. Good uh, man. where would you like people to find you on? Instagram, Twitter, that
1: kind of thing? Just Instagram. Don't do anything else. Can't be at, asked.
0: At Ben Nordberg.
1: <laughs> yeah. I barely but managed man. to do that, so <laughs> follow if you want, there's not much to look at. I'm trying to get better at it. Cool. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you for watching that episode of Quantum with Ben Norberg. I hope you all enjoyed it. It was a very interesting conversation to have for me. So, yeah, please leave a like, subscribe. I'll leave all of Ben's links below um, in the description. So give him a follow. Find his board on the Sovereign website. Buy it. Support him how you can. And, yeah, thank you for listening to this episode, and I'll see you again next week.